Well, again, it's great to see you as you're sitting down and settling in. I'd invite you to turn to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11. For those of you who are new here to Providence, I want to welcome you again and say that this is not our church building. We meet and partner with a great church called Freeman Heights that's been here for a long time, and we're blessed to come and be a part of uh, what they've got going on at The Rock, uh, which is a community center, and as well as this neighborhood. Providence has never owned a building. I'm not sure we ever will, but um, you know what? We can make plans and detours happen, obstacles happen, things change. Which leads me to my next point. Last week, we began kind of a mini-series as the new year began, and I called it Plans and Detours. It's a time when we all, and you don't have to be ashamed to admit it, many of us make New Year's resolutions. We have walked past the store window. We kind of caught our reflection and say, hey, you know what? Mm, I should probably lose some weight. Then we go to that ice cream place because we've been hard to keep that New Year's resolution. Then we spend a lot of money and say, hmm, you know what? I look at my wallet. I should probably spend less money. It's natural. It's natural because you think back to the year that was and you look ahead with hope that things will be different in the year to be. So we looked at a scene in the Gospels where Jesus was teaching And he was interrupted by a man whose life was interrupted. His daughter lay ill. His daughter was about to die. And so Jesus, because Jesus is fluid and Jesus is flexible, he's ready for what comes his way. He went to help this man in need and went on his way to go and help this daughter who lay dying and even was dead by the time they were had arrived at the house. So Jesus had a plan. He was on his way, but he encountered a detour, a distraction, if you will, from a woman, another woman who had had all these great hopes and plans for her life, and she had suffered. She had been an outcast. She was um, uh, suffering from a physical condition that caused her to hemorrhage greatly and to hemorrhage for 12 years. And she made a plan to go and get to Jesus because Jesus was flexible and he holds his plans loosely He was able to stop along the way to that little girl's house and restore and heal and be present to this woman who had suffered so greatly. So we called it Plans and Detours, and we had a plan to look at other gospel scenes this week and next week because I wanted to start the year thinking about what it would mean to follow Jesus who modeled for us perfectly how to be present to what God is up to. And when we're present and awake and seeking and looking, God, what are you up to? What are you doing in me, around me, and through me? When we're present to that, we find ourselves being present to other people. And when we think of our life being present to God and present to others in that kind of relational way, all of a sudden, the resolutions and the habits we want to take on They don't really change our hearts, and we realize that. We realize that we can't make a resolution to be more loving. I can't make a resolution to be compassionate. Those are the types of things you might fake your way into for a week or two, or if we're real, maybe a day or two. But when the detours happen, the obstacles come, 
you find that these are the types of things that need to come from a place of a heart that's been transformed, a heart that's been renovated. And the only way to do that, we believe, is to go and encounter Jesus. So my plan tonight was to continue on with this mini-sermon series before we um, have a guest speaker, a communal meal at the end of the month, and then we start the book of Ruth. These are my plans that were so great and perfect on my little calendar. I woke up this morning having had this sermon, you know, in the slides and ready to go, and I thought, you know what? I just really sense, and maybe it's just something I desire, but perhaps by God's grace, it's something we all may need. Just a moment to, ta- to pause, to take a deep breath, and to, like we just sang, come to Jesus. To rise and come to Jesus. Because if you're like me, you can have all the best plans, all the best intentions. You can do all the right things. But the fact is, we live in a world where things are not going to go as planned. And what happens is we can be going along our journey and we can get knocked off course. And if we're not being present to God and present to others, we can find ourselves walking so far off the path that we can look up one year, one week, one month, and when we finally shake the dust off, we look around and wonder, how have I ended up here? How have I become how I've become? And where am I even headed? So the question for us tonight, and the moment we're going to spend with this question, with Jesus, is one that I asked of some people this week, and it's one that I just can't get out of my head, and that's this. Where are you on your journey with Jesus? Now for those of you, you're not on the journey with Jesus, and that's okay. But perhaps tonight we could hear the invitation that's for all who are on journey with Jesus and all who are not yet on journey with Jesus. And his invitation is simply, come to me. I love the paraphrase of Matthew chapter 11 done by Eugene Peterson in a book called The Message. He says Jesus' words this way. Are you tired? Worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. I don't know about you, but I want to live freely and lightly. But before we get back to his invitation, I want to get back to our question. Where are you on your journey with Jesus? Where are you on your journey with others? Do you feel isolated? Do you feel worn out? Are you tired? Are you burned out by religion because religious people simply are not great to be around them? Come to Jesus. Where are you on your journey with Him? Where are you on your journey with each other? And I think another great question is what are you looking for? Because as we start out these li- our, our, our new year and we look at these resolutions, resolutions in my heart tend to be 
well, if I could do this, then maybe I'll feel this way, behave this way. If I get this, if I can do that, if so-and-so will finally do this, then that. But at the end of the day, we're looking for the stuff, the things, the, uh, the hypotheticals. But could we look to Jesus? What do you want Jesus to do about the place in your life you find yourself? What do you want Him to do about your tiredness, your, your worn out, your burned out? What do you want Him to do? Or better, what does Jesus want to do in you and for you? Jesus says, and I'm going to go back to a verse that may not be on a screen, so I invite you to turn to Matthew chapter 11. I'm going to look at uh, the New International Version And it begins with those words, Jesus' invitation, come to me. We want to go and look at all the other things that may not be him, but he says, come directly to me. All you who are weary and burdened. We all have burdens. Some of you, it's more top of mind than others. But I encourage you on your journey, if you are tired and weary, it's probably because you have a burden. Jesus says to you, I will give you rest. When was the last time you really felt rested? Not the kind of rest where you wake up and you're just as tired as you were when you went to sleep, but the kind of rest that renews you and restores you. Do you know what it means to rest in Him? I think in a moment we're going to try that on for size, and simply it's not as complicated as we want to make it. It's simply trying to be with Jesus, to try and be still and to quiet the thoughts and heart and, 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 and the thoughts and the anxieties that seem to float around in our head and in our heart and to perhaps maybe even allow that moment of space and quiet to where perhaps he can get a word in edgewise. And like our opening prayer tonight, perhaps if you're quiet and you're resting in Him, you won't hear those kind of tapes that go on in your head saying, I'm not good enough. I will never be who I want to be. I will never get what I want to get. I will never do what I want to do. Perhaps all of those can go fade into the background and you may have a gift that hears what we just prayed, the voice of the Father saying to His Son Jesus and even to you, You are my beloved son. You are my beloved daughter. With you, I'm well pleased. And I don't need to look at your resume. What does it mean and could we find rest in him? Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you. And this is what you're thinking, like when you've seen ox or cattle strapped together on that yoke. And you may be thinking, well, wait a minute. I'm burdened. Why are you going to give me another burden? Well, Jesus says, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. And what happens with the yoke is you can plow a straight line when you have two beasts together. And when you're taking up the yoke with Jesus you find that you're not shouldering it all. Are you weary? Are you burdened? It's because maybe you're doing it on your own. But if you would take His yoke upon you, you would find that that journey with Him would be straight. You would find with Him that it would be a lot lighter than it is on your own. 
And a lot of times, if you were to wear a yoke by yourself, what happens to the other end? It gets stuck in the mud, and you look like some kind of crazy person just walking in circles, walking in circles. But if we would put his yoke and walk with him, well, then we say, well, wait, is he going to drag me around? No, because he says, I am gentle. I am humble in heart. This is the kind of person I'd like to walk with, and this is the type of person I'd like to learn from. You see that when he said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. This is in verse 29 of chapter 11. In this church, we say that to be a follower of Jesus means to be with Jesus, to learn from Jesus, how to live like Jesus. And these aren't things that are willed into being. These are things that begin with what? Being with him, resting in him, taking his yoke upon ourselves, being an apprentice to Jesus. And Jesus, who is gentle and humble, he will not force himself, he will not drag you down the road, he will walk with you. And again, you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, it fits well, it's not ill-fitting, and my burden is light. If following Jesus feels heavy to you, it's because perhaps on your journey with Jesus, you've left him far, far back on the path. Perhaps you have this sense when I ask the question, where are you on your journey with Jesus? Where are you on your journey with others? You feel like you've left a trail of people a long, long, long way back. And perhaps you've left him in the dust because you just continue to plod along with that ill-fitting and heavy burden, that yoke, and you're just lost because all you're looking at is six inches in front of you. You can't see where you're headed. Or perhaps you can see out in front and you see Jesus way in front of you, a hundred yards down the road, and perhaps he's beckoning you saying, come on, come on. Come to me, come to me. But if you see Jesus is a hundred yards away, I would say maybe rub your eyes and find him way closer than you think. Because I believe that he's longing to be gracious to you. His invitation is still for you today to come to me and find rest. Come to me and lay this burden down so you can put my burden on your shoulder. And we could finally, maybe for the first time, walk together. That's his invitation that we would come to him and find rest. So we're going to give just a few moments, and this may be uncomfortable for you, and I'm really sorry for that. If, if you're not one who's journeying with Jesus, I think this is a great time in our society, Christian or otherwise, to just simply catch your breath. How many places in our society are you allowed to come to a place with some nice candles and some nice mood lighting and simply just catch your breath? And for those of us in this church, as we begin a new year, and as in a month we look ahead to renewing our membership and welcoming about 20 new members, Lord willing, it's a great time to ask yourself, where am I on my journey with Jesus in this church? It's a great time to come and find rest, and it's a great time, I promise you, to perhaps for the first time in your life, or at least this week, to maybe sit, breathe, and put your palms down on your thigh as a way of kind of illustrating that you're going to release that burden 
you're going to release that guilt because in Jesus' life and forgiveness and peace, not guilt and shame and fear. So if that burden is ill-fitting and you're weary, we invite you to just in these next moments, whatever that looks like for you, to release that burden. And when you're ready, perhaps you could turn those hands over and say, Jesus, I'm yours and I want to walk with you. So we're going to give just a few moments to just hear the invitation, come to me. I'm going to play very quietly. I hope that's not distracting. I just find that when we're still and quiet, it helps some of us to kind of have a little bit of things going on in the background. But may it not detract you from being quiet and perhaps even hearing that invitation to come to me. Then I'm going to sing a song and we're going to take communion and come to Jesus in that way illustrated by the bread and the wine. So would we pause and breathe this evening? Would you join me in a word of prayer? Father, we belong to you. We ask that you would be for us who you need to be and do for us what only you can do. Jesus, you are for us a shepherd and a king. We thank you that you are not a warlord and violent and oppressive, but you are a king who is gentle and humble and who loves us more than we could ever let ourselves imagine. And Holy Spirit, we invite you to saturate this place that we could sense your nearness leading us to good, to love, to joy, to peace, and that you would enable us to love how we long to love by your power. We pray all this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So just take a breath and take these moments to be with Jesus.
and hear our prayer. you to remain seated. If you'd like to sing, you can sing, or perhaps you'd just like to pray these words.
come to me, I'm all you need. Come to me, I'm your everything. That is our prayer, Lord we would hear your call, that we would come to you. We are thankful that you are with us, that you are near to us, that you love us. We're grateful for the love that casts out fear. We're grateful for the love that casts out our anxieties, our worries, our burdens, our fears about the sicknesses that plague us, our sicknesses our relationships that are tangled and broken. Lord, would we come to you and find rest? Would we come to you and find peace? Would we come to you and find renewal? And would we come to you and find newness where we thought newness was simply not possible? Would we come to you? And then, Lord, having found that rest and having been with you, would we then hear you say, come follow me? And would we rise and walk with you? Would we be blessed by you and be a blessing to others? Would we walk and follow you together as a church as we go about proclaiming the reign of the shepherd king who is gentle and humble and who invites each we thought were uninvited? Each person sleeping under a bridge, each person clutching a bottle, each person with a needle, each person with an anxiety that is crippling and oppressing them, each person with a bitter heart turned inward on itself, you're saying, come. And would we be a church that echoes that call? Would we be a church that not just proclaims that reign, proclaims that invitation, but we be a church that demonstrates that invitation. Going where you would go, learning from you how to be like you, every step of the way with you. We pray all this in the strong name of Jesus, a name stronger than death, sin, Satan, sickness, Jesus, our stronger one. Amen. Amen. Let's receive our benediction. There is a time to be born and a time to die, and this is the time to be born. So we turn to you, God of our life, God of our years, God of our beginning. Our times are in your hand. We dare pray that you will do for us and among us and through us what is needful for newness. Give us the power to be receptive, to take the newness you give, to move from the warmth of the womb to real life. We make this prayer not only for ourselves, but for our church at the edge of life, for our city waiting for newness, for your whole creation, with which you we yearn in eager longing. There is a time to be born, and it is now. We sense the pangs and groans of your newness. Come here now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Go in peace.